The only way to get more out of your land is to get more out of your equipment. That's why Mystic Lubricants are specially formulated for superior performance and unmatched protection, regardless of the conditions. Learn more at mysticlubes.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K lubes.com. So, like, I don't know if you guys even know really much about the Mormon religion, but, like, we have zero. You have multiple wives. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what we, we all, have, the rest of the world right. knows. We do not have 120 years wives. ago. So, a long time ago, there was, yeah, so there was guys who were practicing polygamy. And then the last batch of that was, like, in the late 1800s. And then uh, there was some kind of, like, extreme people are like, I'm not conformant. Like, even though the church has, like, said, no, we don't practice that, whatever, I'm still going to do it. And so they kind of branched off to their own things. The people who are still doing it, they may have like some common core beliefs that the, so we refer to it as the LDS church. It's the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which is a mouthful to have to try and say to anybody. So it's always Mormon is that the most common one, but then we would kind of refer to it as LDS. So anyway, I don't know where we're we going with this. Where was I going? You're just explaining what. Oh, the, oh yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Why wigs have so many wives? <laughs> but my thinking on it was, I was like, dude, I don't think I would ever want more than one. That's, like, right. that's what I've always thought. I was like, like why, I think, why, people, why would you I want to deal people, with two or three of them? Exactly. I think people think of it like in a sexual way. Whereas like, it wasn't, that's not what it was back then. Like it wasn't a, it wasn't done in a sexual thing. It was like, there was a lot of women who were in the church who didn't have people to take care of them and provide for them. And they were having to trek across kind of a thing. So it was kind of like, Hey, you got paired up with people. And, sure. and, and then stuff if, like that. if the main one is sick, you still have someone to cook you dinner. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, I, I would have thought of it as like stages. So you, you had your pre kids and then post kids, you know, things escalate. So you'd have the wife with the post kids and you'd have your pre kid <laughs> yeah. wife. And yeah. Oh, that, or yeah. like the one's in charge of cooking, one's in charge of cleaning, <laughs> right. one's in charge of, you know. Like one of them is bound to have a sore throat every night. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh man. But uh, that's what I always thought. Like I didn't think of it. Like obviously you're going to think of it sexually. Like, oh yeah, check it out. Like you got right. all these wives. But then you start thinking of like, oh boy, then you've got. Yeah. How many TVs do I need? I'll never get to watch anything I want to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Oh, they're all going to want to snuggle with you and you don't want to snuggle with any of them at night. Yeah. Not for me. So as far as <laughs> on religion, is it still like Joseph and Mary? Yeah. Like, like, like yeah, it's Jesus Christ. Okay. Like, that's what I said. Like the, the name of the church really is the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Okay. And so that's the focus of it is Jesus Christ. Like, sure. I think a lot of people get caught up in like with a lot of different religions, they get caught up with who founded it, who like all that, like, like Luther, right. like you people yeah. get caught up Martin Luther. And Luther. And then it's so like Tina in South Dakota was. Uh, a branch of Lutheran. Yeah. I when, can't remember what they called it. There's like four or five. A, a branch of Lutheranism. Basically, it was the same. Like you'd you'd sit through church, and it seemed like it was exactly the same. Starts with an M. Oh, Methodist? Well, uh, no, it's not even Methodist close to and Baptist right? are separate than Lutherans. Lutherans and Catholics are the most similar. Similar. Because we'll, wasn't we'll yeah, he was it? Because he know was very Catholic little about then, religion. Yeah. Anyway, the different so, ones. Anyway. So people get caught up in the okay. So some guy thought of it, and like some you know whatever. But it's like no, that's not that's not how we see it. Obviously. The thing that we always try and focus on is like, hey, let's keep it to the basics. Let's keep it to Jesus Christ, his gospel. So part of the founding of the church was was this guy, Joseph Smith, and him having a vision of from God. Like he wanted to know what was right, went to the Bible, and James 1.5 tells him, hey, if you lack wisdom, ask of God. 
So he's like, I'm just going to ask God. So that's when he says, hey, I had a vision that like at the time there isn't a true church on this earth. The gospel of Christ was taken after he, after he died, it was taken off the earth. And so it needed to be restored. And so believing in restoration and things like that. And then also it's a belief too, is we believe in the book of Mormon. And so that's why people a lot of times are like, oh, you have a different Bible. It's like, no, we don't believe in, we still believe in the King James version of the Bible, but we also have our own scripture as well that we believe was deposited. It's actually an ancient record of the people who lived on the Americas from during that time. And that Jesus actually came and visited them. Okay. Um, and so, <clears throat> so it's more or less just little different versions of more or less stories. Yeah. Of different times and different Yeah, different exactly. Places. And so, okay. and then, but the whole book is all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's like the same, like if Jesus Christ went there, he would have taught the same doctrine here. You know what I mean? And so sure. it's the same doctrine found in the book of Mormon. So that's why we get the nickname Mormon is because of that book. You okay. know? And so Mormon was a, was a prophet in the ancient Americas that, and it was his dealings. And he's the one who compiled this writings of all these other prophets. You know, it wasn't just him writing the book. It was all these other prophets throughout the history that, Put it together. So anyway, that's why the book's titled that. If you ask me, I'd, I'm Lutheran. Mm-hmm. Joseph, Mary, Jesus Christ. I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> that's the extent of what you know that's, already. Uh, I'm Ten Lutheran too, and from everything There's I know, that's kind of what, that, that's where yeah. it's at. So my mom was Lutheran. So that's, okay. she's actually the one who got us going, like on the, going to the Mormon yeah. religion was my mom. Mainly here, it's Lutheran and Catholic. And then the, the only reason part. you know they're Catholic because you're like, oh, we got a wedding this weekend. Is that a Catholic wedding? Like, yeah, like, oh, God, yeah, it's going to be no. two hours. They <laughs> are the worst. I haven't, I haven't prepared. I haven't stretched. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of Christianity, Ryan, you have a lot of nuts, right? I've got a lot of nuts, yeah. I we thought did. I'd segue into that. <laughs> Just so people know right off the bat who we're talking to and what's going on. And it's Ryan Volk, the California IA farmer himself. The best nut farmer, nut milker? Nut milker, yeah. You milk I, nuts. Either way, you know, I farm and milk at the same time and right. it can get wild. Yeah. <laughs> do, they, do they put them in sacks? Yeah, you got you to gotta sack of nuts and you have to really, you know, get firm with them, get a good grasp. And it takes a lot of work, a lot of movement to get to get anything out of those things. Right. It's, it's, it's a lot of. So is it only milk or do they also make cheese? I've never seen no. ham and cheese. But, uh, I already know where Randy's going. I, I didn't know if the cheese come from underneath. <laughs> <laughs> the Fermunda cheese? Yeah, Fermunda my nuts. <laughs> every time. He does it every time. <laughs> That's awesome. I couldn't resist. So are we talking about almonds or almonds? Almonds. Almonds? Almonds. Where's so, the line of, like, do all the almond farmers in the Central Valley of California IA call them Ammons? No. So it's kind of, it's kind of weird. It's kind of spread out. I feel like if I'm getting this right, I feel like it's Modesto area, which where I'm kind of at. Um, a lot of people say Merced, which is a little farther South of us, but clearly we say it Ammons, but from there South, a lot of people call them, refer to them as Ammons, whereas more of the North Valley calls them almonds. But I think that's how it used to be. But then over time, it's become where like, it's become such a common thing between farmers to say it that even people up North are even saying, Hey, if I'm around farmers, I say almonds. Like that's what we call them. Really? Yeah. Why not a blend of the two and go with almonds? So people say almonds. My mom says almonds and it's the weirdest thing. Cause I don't, you don't really see growers and stuff calling them almonds, but that's what my mom calls them. And I don't know. I've always called her out on that. Cause she's always like, Oh yeah. People make fun of you for calling them almonds. It's like, you call them almonds. Like, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Where do you think that comes from? Just like an accent? So I've looked into it and there's no real clear definition. You know, I've looked into it before and 
there was a study done, I guess, where like language wise, almond is more French, whereas almond is more Spain. And so there was back in the 1600s and stuff when the Spanish and French were in California, the Spaniards had the almonds and they were more up north. The French were more down south and had almonds. And that's kind of what I've heard, but don't know how true that is or not. So did you say your nuts are more French or Spanish? Uh, I'd say maybe a little more French. More French. A little wee wee. <laughs> well played. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what that means, but it's definitely French. It's definitely French. No idea what it means. How Absolutely. many? How many acres do you grow your almonds on? So we his nuts. Yeah, mm-hmm. my nuts uh, take up the space of about 120 acres. So that's it. Yep. So about 120 acres. But there's, you said 142 trees per acre? Yeah, 142 trees per acre. So people have different spa- tree spacings, but just kind of based on their preference of what they want to do. Studies have shown that there's, the spacings that we currently have are kind of the closest you can get without really. What's that spacing? Right now it's about 14 by 22 feet. So your rows are 22 feet wide. 22 feet wide. 14 feet in between. Yep, exactly. Did I do this math correctly? 142 <clears throat> trees times 120 acres. That's over 17,000? Yes. So yeah, I got that wrong. So when I told you 8,000, that was our 60 acre block. Okay. So, yeah. 17,000 trees on 17, that 120 acres? trees, yeah. How old does My a tree gosh. have to be before it produces is uh, the nuts? They'll, they'll start. So even their second year, you'll see a few nuts on them. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But there's not enough to harvest. Right. Um, it's just not worth it. Just so, little nuts. Just little nuts. Right. They're just, they're just maturing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, once they get they're about- hair. <laughs> <laughs> getting their fuzz. <laughs> Once they get about three, so it's third year, they call them leaves because, you know, the trees, they lose their leaves, then they leaf out. And so when they leaf out, we call that, oh, they're now third leaf. And so when they're their third leaf, their third year, that's when we'll start harvesting. So that's when we actually have the mechanical equipment come in and and start harvesting. And you shake the trees or? Yeah. So we shake the trees to get the nuts nuts on the ground and then we uh, sweep them up and then we have a machine that comes here and picks them up. You do the same thing when it gets really cold here. You have to shake the nuts? Yeah, we, we shake to get them to drop again. <laughs> oh, you shake them and let them fall on the ground, and then you sweep them off? Yeah, yeah. With a, the biggest vibrator you've ever seen. I've seen them. I've seen those big wood, those <clears throat> big, vibrators. big stump vibrators that the shake the nuts. big stump vibrators. Why? This is probably an easy answer to this, and it's maybe a dumb question, but when you have the shakers that shake the trees, why don't they just have screens on them that catch the nuts? Because, or cup them. Because, so like they, a sack. Yeah. yeah. There's something that can actually cup the nuts. Oh, this is a good idea. Like put a screen on a shaker yeah. and then it funnels it down so, into. So they do have those. So like pistachios, for example, pistachios have to be shaken and they have, they can't touch the ground because people are getting them with the actual shell still on them. They can't oh, yeah. be contaminated on the ground. And so they do have actual machines that come up. So there's one machine that drives up on this side, one machine drives up on this side, and then they have hydraulic things that, that cup them. And then they're able to shake and those land in there. And then they have bins that they load up. With, with almonds, you have, they have to dry out. The hole and shell won't come off easily if they're not, if they have too much moisture. You don't want them going to your processor with too much moisture. And so. So are you letting them dry after they fall? Yeah. So we'll let them dry out on the ground for like seven, seven days or so. And so that they'll dry out out there so that they're, they'll be ready to take in. And so we get them tested. So we have moisture testing that we get them tested. You want to be below like five, 5% moisture. So you guys don't in. do the shelling that's done at a processing yeah, that's done place. At a, that's done at a processing <laughs> place. There's a few guys who are big enough that they have their own. They'll shell um, their own nuts. Yep. 
Yep. What happens if it rains when your nuts are on the ground and you your nuts get you, uh, too moist? You uh, throw some gold bond powder out there. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you tagged me in that one time with that, and I took the gold bond powder out there. And <laughs> we all know that time is money, and one of the best ways that you can save on both right now is with FBN Direct. You can shop for everything you need this season from their online store 24-7. That means 24 hours a day, seven days a week, anytime. And with the new delivery transparency feature, you can now view the estimated delivery windows before you buy anything right online, right there on the site. FBN makes getting what I need in season quick and easy. We've actually got all our chemicals and all of our seed delivered right to our farm already. Head on over to FBN.com right now. And if you're not a member, that's not a problem because there's no fee to join. So do you ever have a tree that doesn't drop its nuts? No, they all drop their nuts. Some will hang on to their nuts a little. They're a little stingy with their nuts. They don't want them to drop as as easily as the other tree. So they'll hang on to those nuts as, as hard as they can. If it gets cold, do they go in the tree? Yeah, they, if it's too cold, they're gonna stick. They're gonna stick. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so bad. That's the problem with this: is you get there's too many nut jokes that you can just you can talk for days all yeah, about nuts, right? Yeah. And still get good information. Still get great information. Thankfully, we're true. mature enough to be able to. Work How long it. has right. your family been farming almonds? We've planted our first orchard in 2013, so not very long. Not one nut joke, Becky. You just ask an actual <laughs> question. Yes. It's disgusting. So, do you ever shake a tree too hard and break it? So you can damage a tree if you shake it too hard. So especially the younger trees. So when the tree is like three to five years old. Does it go blind? Do they, do they, <laughs> do they call that broke tree? <laughs> you don't want to get broke tree. No broke tree out here. No, but you can damage the tree. So if there's too much moisture in the tree trunk, so we do kind of back off on our irrigation before harvest for a few reasons. But for one of the main reasons is you want to get the tree trunk to dry up. Because that shaker, it's basically got these big pads on a claw. It clamps around the tree. And then when it's shaking, it can rip the bark off the tree. And we call it debarking a tree. And so when that happens, you've opened up these big wounds, usually a disease or some type of you know fungus or something will get in and kill the tree off. If that happens, do you spray it then to seal it? So you can, yeah. So they actually have some stuff that you can spray to seal it off, but you have to do it pretty relatively quick. You have to get to it. Yeah. So back to that question about after the nuts are on the ground then. If it's wet or you want them laying on the ground for a week to dry out, do they pick up moisture or will they not do that? Yeah, they can. So, so what you don't want to do is to sweep them up into a windrow just yet. You want them just, you shake them and you just let them sit where they are so that they kind of have some space to dry. Not only have the nuts fallen onto the ground, but leaves have fallen as well. And so those leaves can, can add some moisture in there and kind of can trap some moisture in there, especially if you sweep them up, they're going to just hold on to that moisture sitting in that pile. So you wouldn't harvest them if rain was in the forecast. Correct. Yeah. Like if you saw rains in the forecast, which like we've talked about before, our average rainfall is like 14 inches. It doesn't and so, rain. yeah, it's very, very rare to have a rain, especially that early in the season. Cause we're harvesting. Some guys are starting to harvest in August. Some guys are starting to harvest. We, we harvest in September and October. And so that when you're getting into that October time, that's when you're starting to sweat a little bit thinking, okay, we might get some rain coming. We had nuts on the ground before where there wasn't rain in the forecast and then we got rain, but it wasn't much, but still was wet. And so we did have to let them sit out for that much longer. Sure. And so is, then that, that causes stress to the trees because you can't irrigate the trees. During that time. During that time. Is there no option of a dryer? So there is. So I think that's, I think we're going to see that becoming more of a more common thing with almonds. 
it's just been the standard, like, hey, it's easier, it's cheaper just to let them dry on the ground right. and sweep them up and do that. But what's happening is, like I said, we don't get much rain. And so there's so much dust in the valley. And so when you get those sweepers coming, they're sweeping, they've got these big bristles and they're literally sweeping everything. Like when you go out there after they've swept, there isn't any dust. It's just like solid dirt. So is it like a street sweeper? (laughs) Kind of. Yeah. It's like, you know, you see those brush, those uh, brushes on them. It's similar, but then they've got these like tines that are kind of moving back and forth. And then they've got a blower on the back. And so it's blowing the nuts across from this row, <laughs> blowing the nets, <laughs> but uh, blows it across into the next row so that they can get swept up because it can't sweep obviously right where the tree rows are. Right. So, interesting. It, yeah, and what is. are your nuts? What are they going for? <laughs> Milk or like eating or? Half of our or- one of our orchards we do for blue diamond, and so they can choose. Basically, once we've sold them to whoever we're selling them to, they, it's their it's decision. Up to them. Yeah. So there's a lot of varieties of almonds. There's not just one. There's a lot of different right. varieties. And you grow different varieties yeah, on so your farm? Yeah, so we have three different varieties on our farm, and that's for pollination reasons. Sure. And so you can't have, like, so the, the money maker of almonds is the non-pareil variety. They taste better. They look better. And that's what, like, the consumers want. That's what you see, like, when you go get a can of fresh almonds. That's what that's those what are. It's non-pareil. Yep. So that's the higher priced that's but the they'll use the, variety. I suppose, the non-pretty ones for the milk, I suppose. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. they'll use those for milk or candy bars or... Oh, yeah, candy uh, bars. There's so many. It's, it's like the most versatile nut. You can use them for so many different things. Almond butter, almond flour, yep. almond oil. Like, almond oil? Yeah, I don't, almond I oil. I don't know about that. Well, All kinds of stuff. So, but you own the trees, right? Yeah. This isn't like where Blue Diamond or anybody, they don't own the trees. Yeah, the no, orchard. they don't own the trees. They don't. We own the land. We own the trees. We just market our almonds with them. Okay. Is it marketed ahead of time? Like, so you know this year's crop is going to Blue Diamond or you have yeah. a commodity? Yeah, so we have a contract. So we'll, we'll have a contract with them, typically a three to five year <clears throat> contract. So we have a three-year contract with them. So we just renew that every three years. If we're happy, obviously, with it, we'll just renew that with them. And so what's cool about Blue, Blue Diamond is a co-op. And, you know, there's obviously there's pros and cons to things like that, but we we see it as a pro. It's been, we've really enjoyed being a part of Blue Diamond and they're the best in marketing. I mean, that's when people think of almonds in the store, that's what they think of is, is blue diamond. Right. Right. So does the flavor of your nuts change from variety to variety? Yeah. You, you know, you can have some, uh, there's, there's sweet, you can have some sweet nuts. If you've been working a lot and stuff like that, there's some salty nuts out there, Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there's all kinds of, was that a testicle joke? <laughs> no, 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 no. That was a, that was completely honest <clears throat> nut salt. Uh, okay, good. You know. Cause I, we don't want to get out of hand here. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. keeping it clean. Do you ever find an extra nut in there? <laughs> <laughs> so what's funny about that? Yes, you actually can find there will be a double uh, nut, a double nut. So you'll see there's, there's, they're very rare, a double nut. Yeah, you don't. That's, <laughs> <laughs> we have some uh, grandstanders again today. We have Trevor here. Trevor we, we Bales. We got Trevor Bales. And Tina is back also. Yep. Tina in a Bales Buckeye, Arizona hoodie. We're all decked out. How often do you accidentally bust one of the nuts? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Answer the question. <laughs> oh, well, you know. <laughs> So that's one thing you got to be worried about too, is when they're on the ground like that is sometimes you still have to go through and check things in the orchard. And so, yeah, you don't want to be driving. You, you don't want to be driving over your nuts. You don't want to be driving over your nuts. You're going right. to be, don't you're going to be busting nuts them. if you're doing yeah. that. Is there a big variation in like the yield or the tonnage or what do you go by? And does it vary much or is it super consistent? And, and does it, I suppose, water has the biggest effect on the crop stuff? Yeah. So, so 
Randy's knitting. I'm, 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 I is he though? I'm finding the end of the yarn that's in the middle. Teen, know, Teen, Randy's wife Here, Tina try, is a real big knitter. She doesn't go anywhere without her needle, or without her her what is it? A crochet hook? Is that what? It's, yeah, she, Tina doesn't go anywhere without her crochet hook and the yarn. And I'm not even joking. It, this is legit. I mean, it looks relaxing. It looks very calming. It does, but my my grandmother was like that for a long time. She did. She was. She, did a she lot made of us knitting. all sweaters. Are you, I can't do it. Get your finger in really there, Randy. Dig it out. Yeah, you trying to find the end. Randy's big know. sausage fingers. Uh-huh. Where was that on a podcast episode? When were we talking no, that, about that? That was at Matt and Aaron's house. Oh, yeah, that would have been like, good. Do we podcast bring that to the podcast material. about the fact that apparently Randy has weird inner ear canals? Mm. What and yeah. sausage fingers? <sighs> he <laughs> says I, I have sausage fingers. It was very bizarre how T- Tina just decided to throw Randy under the bus for ten minutes. Of Tina one got night. tuned up, and she just pointed out everything <laughs> that was wrong eyeballs. with her husband. I have stu- my, stupid I have small, tiny eyeholes. I have small ear holes. Small ear holes. No, we, strangely shaped inner ear canals. They, they <laughs> stupid yes. tiny eye holes and, and giant sausage fingers. We're here, <laughs> mozzarella fingers. Mozzarella. We're here to talk about first? Ryan's nuts. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Sorry. Let's not put this on me. So Ryan, do you we'll, ever? We'll circle back to Randy's sausage yeah, we'll come fingers. Back <laughs> do you ever? Do you ever have to trim the tree? You do. You got to trim the trim the bush back on the tree. You got to do pruning. There's been more studies showing that like heavy pruning doesn't really do too much. Right. It's it's more for the looks, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. just preference. Yeah. Yeah. So what's what's your biggest hurdle as an almond farmer in California? It's it's got to be water, right? I mean, w- isn't water the issue everywhere in California? So so luckily for us, we're in probably the best spot in the state for water. We have irrigation districts. We get our water from the Sierra Nevada mountains, so it's not just pumped from the not just pumped from the ground. So oh, yours water, is coming from the mountains. Ours so is coming from the mountains. Okay. And we have like four reservoirs on our irrigation district with not too many growers pulling off of it. Okay. Are well, you, no, the fish are still, the, we're, we're, we're still, we're you're still not drying sure the fish, off the yeah, fish out. ponds, but I would say probably the biggest hurdle would probably be environmental regulation when it comes to, I suppose you have to spray your trees with pesticides, right? Yeah. 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 That kind of stuff. So that kind of stuff. You don't have to do a herbicide stuff, right? Just pesticides. No, we still do. So we have to spray weeds at least a couple times a year. And so we'll do a, we'll do a pre-emergent in the winter so that we don't have the weeds coming up. Right. And so we only spray the weeds though, right in the, under the strips where the trees are, because that's where the sprinkler system is. And so we have, you don't want them getting in the sprinklers. Yeah. Cause if the weeds start growing up, they'll clog up the sprinklers. Yeah. That makes sense. And so that's why we spray underneath those. So your irrigation is all, so it's gravity down to you. You have a, you have a giant pipe underground. Yeah. So there's to you. So yeah. So there's, there's large canals and then you must have to pump it to pressurize it. Yeah. Or is it enough gravity? No. So we, we have a pump. You have to pressurize it. Okay. And so we've, we've got a pump and so we pressurize that water. And so then we're able to go and we can do about like the pump that we have, we can do about 60 acres at a time. Okay. And so that we have the two, we have two 60 acre blocks. Oh, okay. So then you can only water one of those at a time. Yeah. So if it's really hot and dry, do you struggle like this pump can't go down or I'm going to fall behind because I got to go here and there or can you yeah, put like you enough don't want water your- on? You don't yep. want your pump failing, obviously, but that's why. So we do have a deep well that is for backup for just in case purposes. Okay. We will pump groundwater in just those emergency circumstances. Sure. Okay. Otherwise we try not to use any groundwater. And it's all, so do you leave the pipes down? Cause the pipes all run like along the tree, right? And then you have a sprinkler head pop up. I believe. Yeah. So we have, we have main lines though that run underground. So yeah, I think we have like 12 inch mains. Okay. That go, and then they go on to like eight inch sub mains. 
and then they'll, I might be getting this wrong, but I think I'm somewhere in there. Sub mains, and then they come up. Uh, up well, to we risers. never get what anything wrong on and this podcast, so make sure that you <laughs> know sure what you're talking about yeah. before and you, you don't, spit uh, shit out here. You don't have to pick that line up. You don't have to bring the sprinklers in for winter. Or, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah they just, just stay out there. It's uh, it's out there. You lay yep. it down. It's there for the yep. 25 years or whatever the maintenance. Yeah, exactly. Gracias, mi cuñado. I, I was distracted by making sure Trevor got us beer. Tina yes. brought. And he's going to cut up an apple pie. Oh, we had an apple pie delivered to us. Tina in the brought of a, apple pie for my birthday. Here. Well, actually, who who, well, actually, who bought the apple pie? Trevor bought, Trevor the, bought the apple pie. Trevor got the, the apple pie for my birthday and then found out that I don't actually eat apple pie. So Which they're is, all going to enjoy my apple pie. My yeah, birthday. We're going to bring you a chicken yeah. pot pie tomorrow. Oh, yeah. They also got me a chicken pot pie, which I do love chicken pot pie. That actually, that might be one of my like favorite foods. Chicken pot pies. I'm not yeah. a chicken pot pie fan. Really? No. What? I anything with gravy, man. I like. I'll eat it. Like it's not bad. Like if we're having chip chicken That's pot pie for dinner, I'll eat yeah. it. Yeah. right. Yeah, I love gravy. As long as it's not over peed. If it has too many peas in it, then that don't. I'll eat peas, but just not too many. Too many peas will wreck anything. Oh, I don't <laughs> mind peas. Like for, you don't mind peas? Peas and green beans. Oh, they're the mushiest, most disgusting thing. Oh. But you put them in a chicken pot pie. And Carrots, green yeah. beans are good. Peas are good too, but just in moderation. I you feel you like. never take a spoonful of peas. No, I, not. I but but if there my is wife something, would, my oh, wife would. I'll, like I'll eat mac salad. Get out. Mac yeah. salad with frozen peas. You're still working That's on that delicious. I've never had one this bad. <laughs> it's, just, it's all falling apart. Randy's still working on the I don't know why the they yarn. don't, the inner string of the ball of yarn, why don't they put a little tag on there so you can find the damn thing? Because it wouldn't be as efficient for them Usually to pump out Usually you can pull a few factory. and you can get to it pretty quickly, but that it wasn't working. I got a good video of, well, we're all podcasting, Trevor's digging his fingers into a ball of yarn. <laughs> <laughs> We all know that time is money, and one of the best ways that you can save on both right now is with FBN Direct. You can shop for everything you need this season from their online store 24-7. That means 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, anytime. And with the new delivery transparency feature, you can now view the estimated delivery windows before you buy anything right online, right there on the site. FBN makes getting what I need in season quick and easy. We've actually got all our chemicals, and all of our seed delivered right to our farm already, head on over to fbn.com right now. And if you're not a member, that's not a problem because there's no fee to join. Yeah. So uh, how about squirrels then? Do squirrels screw with your irrigation? Not necessarily with the irrigation, but they cause problems with, obviously you don't want the holes out there, but then they actually go and, and when the trees are young. So we actually had this problem when, when our trees were young, they would go and they'd chew on the bark. And then they'd Good. kill the tree off. Oh, uh, even a well-established tree or just, just cause the tree was no, young? No, just young. So young trees, they were chewing the bark off. We lost like 200 something trees to squirrels. And wow. so we were like, yeah, we can't have this. So um, you just, you just go and replant yep. those then? Yep. So go and replant those. Can, can How you, did you eradicate the squirrels? Did so we use that? this, it's a, yeah, uh, we, it's just a no. poison. Oh, okay. And so. Which is legal, <gasps> obviously. Legal. Or you yeah, it's, it's legal. It's yeah. terrible. So. You should have, you could have, we could send Ditch to come and. She would have those squirrels eradicated in yeah, the dog. days. Oh, oh yeah. she loves chasing oh. anything that moves. She, oh, yeah. yeah. They, she kills squirrels. Well, we would, so we would like, we would go out and try and shoot them. Cause we, I, I grew up just, we just yeah. shot squirrels all the time growing up. That was like the thing to do. That was the thing to do growing up after high school, like, or just after yep. school, we'd just come home and we'd shoot squirrels all day. But the problem was you had to get them gone fast. 
Yeah. And so all of a sudden it was like, man, we were just spending so much time out there trying to shoot right. these squirrels. It's just not. Like, this just isn't cost effective at all. Sure. So when you replant those trees, can you transplant like a three-year-old tree so you don't have to wait for it to remature? No. So you, you're going to, you're going to put in a, just like when they're planted, they're like a little sapling, like a little twig, you know, like a stick that they just plant. It'll be the same thing, but it's crazy. We, we didn't believe it, but our crop advisor told us, he said, Hey, those trees that are one year old that, that you replanted in that three-year-old orchard, he's like in five, six years from now, he goes, you won't even tell the difference. They and catch it's true. Up. They catch up. You don't even notice the difference. Now that's not true. Once they start getting to that four year, five year age like that, the replants are going to look a little, you know, but then they will eventually get to the point where about seven years, Hey, the tree's kind of reached its full growth between like seven and 14 years. So they will eventually catch up to them at that point. How many years do you get out of an almond tree producing fruit? Well, it's not fruit. It's not right. Is it nut? You call it a nut. Yeah. So it's actually a, it's a droop. So your nuts, they droop. It's, no, no, no. It's a droop. Not they don't don't they don't just. Droop. Well, I was always told you had to go to the doctor. Well, that's the drip. <laughs> oh God. Either either way, if it lasts more than four hours, <laughs> right? <laughs> so they last a mature tree. Like you can get good production for about twenty to twenty five years. Really? Yeah. So I suppose it probably makes more sense that you want to have a variety in age of your trees, or not like just for. I don't know. Yeah, because you got to cycle them, right? You don't want to yeah, tear out wanna, 120 acres. Yeah, so say you say you had, yeah, say you have 300 acres or something like that, and that's it. You don't want to do all 300 acres okay. at once. Yep, that makes sense for sure. So you pick them up and you said you harvest August, September, October? So, yeah, so say? some guys are harvesting. We have harvested at the end of August before. Okay. Actually, there's some varieties that will harvest late July. Then August, September, October, and then you'll have guys going into late October. What do the some- what do the trees do the rest of that year then? So then after they've been harvested, we'll probably irrigate them a couple times, and then they're going into November. They're going into dormancy, so they aren't needing water. They're not needing any. Do they do that by temperature, moon, daylight? Honestly, I don't know. I I would assume that it's just it gets cooler, and they start to they just it's part of that cycle. They just know that hey, it's becoming fall winter time. You know. Okay. Well, <laughs> I like how he, yeah. he really, he timed that punchline. What correctly. did, what did he say? <laughs> Nobody else heard that. So tre- Trevor in the grandstands pipes in with, after you bust a nut, you don't want to go dormant. <laughs> yeah. So then when do they, when do they bloom or when do they flower? So about the second week of February, they start to bloom. And then they'll, they'll be at full bloom the your, third when week. When is your winter? When is your cold? Like it got cold, so they started shutting down in November, but then February they're blooming? Oh, yeah. So we don't get cold. So like, for example, this last year, we were still in short sleeves and shorts all the way through, I'd say even through the mid-November. And then we started getting to the point where it starts to cool off. And so I'm when I say cool off, we're getting down to, you know, 60 degrees or something like that. Oh, man. How yeah, do you do right? it? Brutal. Oof. <laughs> So then we cool down and then it start getting down to the fifties and then your lows, like in the mornings and stuff, start getting down into the thirties, December. So it's December and January. Uh, I'd say January that the most you're starting to get down pretty chilly. And then you've got to start worrying about as it gets closer to that bloom, you got to start worrying about frost because they'll start affecting the buds on the tree. It seems odd. What's telling the tree to bloom if it's still that cold? So it is, it is a temperature thing. Cause it'll start to, we, in fact, we've had problems with that where it'll get warm. Well, like a, a warm spell too early. Like a warm on. week. Yeah. And so all of a sudden you'll start to see the tree pushing and you're like, no, 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 no. Like you're, it's too early. So you that happened back to us. off and slow down a little bit. Yeah. So that Maybe. happened to us two years ago where 
it's amazing. Like these trees really do, like they're living creatures. Like they know what they're doing because they'll really like, oh, it, the temperature's nice. We're going to bloom. But then they start to bloom and then it gets the, the temperature drops cold again. And so instead of like having their t- normal, typical time of bloom, they'll actually keep those flowers for a longer period of time to give the bees more time, you know, to give them more opportunity to be pollinated. It's like any other thing. It's evolved to that where they just know. They just know. Yeah. Do you guys use wild bees or do you have hives? So with the almond industry, it's definitely commercial beekeeping. Oh, it is. So during almond bloom, I would be willing to bet that 98% of the United States' commercial beehives are in the state of California. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't realize this before, but so you actually hire the bees to come in. You rent yeah, bees. You have to rent the bees to come in because there's such a demand for them. And so with, with uh, almonds, you have to use about two beehives per acre. And so we had 250 hives just on our 125 you acres just, You so. just spread them out across the... Yeah, you spread them out just throughout the orchard. Assuming the people that you're hiring this for, the bees that you're renting, they come out and set the hives. Yeah, yeah, they do that. To, to whatever spacing you want. Exactly, yep. And then you rent them for X amount of days? Yeah, so you'll just keep in contact with your... Bee bee, we call him the bee guy, beekeeper. The bee guy handles the bees. You yeah, don't do anything. We don't with do it. anything with the bees. You and just so, point. Yep. Just do, put them there. Do the co-ops out there? Like, why would the co-ops would they ever consider keeping the bees? And then you can call yeah, like your local bee. supplier, or maybe because well, because maybe, they can't. They have to go somewhere else in the other season. Like they've go, got to yeah. go. They travel the country. I mean, yeah, so, bees. So most bees come in from other states. They're not in Cali. Like so, our beekeeper. Funny enough, he actually is a local. He does keep his bees there. But once he's done with the almonds, he's moving to cherries, which he's still in, in California. There's still a lot of cherries in California, so he'll go to the cherries. But then he'll end up, I think he goes up to Oregon. Then he'll go over to like Montana to do, I think, I don't remember what he's doing in Montana, but then he'll go over to the, I think he comes to South Dakota and then then he'll head back home. So did you know, Randy, that there is a local business company, family, beekeeping people like five miles north of here? I, I didn't. This is what they do. So they'll, they'll go out through the Dakotas, Montana, California, Arizona, so, Texas. So I've seen different areas in, in places where we farm around even where, where there's a bunch of beehives. Yep. Do all commercial bees rent their bees out? Yeah, I there, think so. Is there, because they have to travel. Like they can't. So when well, they when they're just sitting up in some grove, they're just they're just waiting to go somewhere else again. Typically, you I can don't think keep that. you can. So well, if they're commercial, if they're commercial, they're used for business purposes. Right. But like if you have a hobby, like okay, so we have friends snower up the road, but they have bees, and you can keep them year round in Minnesota. Like you can keep your beehive throughout the winter, but they just, you can't harvest too much honey or they'll die because so they don't have enough ever, food because they can't go and get their food. From, is there any commercial bee people that only have bees for honey? Like they don't yeah. rent them out. They don't, they just have their hives are here and they just collect the yeah. honey. So there are, there are guys that do that. That's, that's their, the, the commercial side of their beekeeping is for honey. So they'll go and they'll put them on. So like I was telling you, Almond honey, for example, is bitter. It's not good. Like you, they, you can't, they can't use it for honey. I wouldn't want to put that on my English muffin in the morning with peanut butter. Definitely not. Okay. So it is. So what do they do with the honey then? They sell it. That's what, I mean, they. So, but what, if you don't want to eat it, then what does it get used for? They'll use it to feed bees. So, oh. so they'll use it because the bees are still going to use that. So they'll use that to, to feed bees. And I'm probably, I, I'm assuming, I don't know a ton about this, but I'm assuming probably a lot of it does get thrown out. But I think the majority of it gets used. So at, at that point, they're bringing you bees strictly because you're hiring them to bring bees. Yeah. They're not, 
saying I need a place to put my bees to get honey. Yeah, no, no, it's, have almond trees. it's it's a commercial beekeeper. So like I'd say a lot of commercial beekeeping is for pollination because there's, there's quite a bit of stuff that needs pollinizing. So do you think there is any commercial bees that are only for honey to sell the honey? Yeah, that's what I was saying. I, there I mean, are, I was talking purpose? to, I was talking okay. to a beekeeper and he was saying there are guys who strictly do commercial beekeeping that is just for honey. Okay. But then they're probably looking for like, cause I know when you buy, I'm picturing the honey that your dad just had when Arizona. Yeah. It, like it, the, it says like a red clover or whatever, clover something like that. Honey. So they probably have to keep their bees where this red clover is. Yeah. I mean, probably sure. year round type deal, I would imagine. So yeah. we need some beekeepers on the off yeah. right. podcast. Yeah, for sure. Right. But yeah. I do know that whatever they're pollinating on, that does affect the flavor of the oh, honey. Definitely. So like, cause well, Matt, right. Our friend, Matt, he has ate honey his whole life and they got some new honey. It was some kind of a clover honey too. I yeah. yeah. And he ended up having like an allergic reaction to it and his throat ended up closing well, up. Like, off. yeah. So and, and his wife ignored him because she didn't think he was serious. <laughs> right. Oh no. <laughs> he drove himself to the hospital. Oh no. <laughs> In the field, there's no time for downtime. And when the pressure is on, you need to trust your equipment to stand up to the task. That's when you turn to Mystic for performance and protection you can count on. Mystic lubricants are specially formulated to keep up with your demands. Now, you might be asking yourselves, how can that be? Mystic products are developed in real-world conditions with real-world workers in mind, and that means that your equipment is covered regardless of what's happening outside. With Mystic, you can get to work with confidence knowing your lubricants are engineered to thrive even under the most extreme and unforgiving conditions. Go ahead. Put your equipment to the test anytime, anywhere, because when it comes to superior performance and unmatched protection, Mystic always delivers. And when your equipment is protected, so is your livelihood. It's the reason so many folks choose to ride with Mystic. Because out here, performance under pressure isn't a request. It's a requirement. Go to mysticlubes.com to learn more about their line of products. That's M-Y-S-T-I-K lubes.com. But yeah, no, what's not kind of fair about that is those guys who do do it for the commercial for the honey is, yeah, they're needing to go. They need to go to those places to, for that, right. for that, to get that certain crop. And so, yeah, like uh, the guy I was talking to, he's like, yeah, he's like, you'll hate this because right now we're paying anywhere from 190 to like 220 bucks a hive. And like I was saying, you have 250 hives out on our place. And so it's a huge expense. And how much time does that give you on them? That gives you from, we'll bring them in like the last week or so of January or maybe even before that. And then we'll have them there till, you know, mid-March or something like that. Some guys will keep them there till April. Oh, so they're there a long time. Six, yeah. eight weeks. Well, Six, yeah, eight months, right? No, no, no. Weeks. Weeks. Oh. Yeah. And so you've got them for that time. And so, yeah, you, you're just, obviously you're wanting to make sure that they get every flower hit, you know? So that's, that's what's not fair is those guys that have to take them to go. They're like, Hey, I need the honey. They're just calling up guys like in Oregon and places like that, that have that clover. That's that good. Cause stuff. then they get to reap both sides. I suppose they get yeah. to sell their honey and they get to get paid, but, the, but they'll go there and they'll, they'll say, Hey, we'll just put them there for free. Like, right. You know? And so just, that's yeah. just supply and demand. Right. Sure. You got to have beehives for, you have to have beehives for almonds. And there's so many, there's over a million acres of almonds yeah. in California. And so you have to supply that two hives per acre. Do you know how the bees are doing? Is there any, there's, Probably no way of telling. Yeah. So the, so the beekeepers are out there. They'll be out there quite a bit checking on them and making sure they're getting, cause. But as far as like hitting all the flowers, you have no way of knowing if they're getting no. through. You no, just, you just go just, out there and you look. 
it's crazy. You can go out there on a good day. It's a nice warm day. They're out. Sure, you can hear them. You can hear it. It's okay. a, just the loudest mm-hmm. buzz out in the orchard. It's really cool. So it's it's more or less experience. Like, yep, they've been here six weeks. You can take them away now. Yeah, and like, well, we actually just had a beekeeper come out, and he's like showing us exactly. Hey, if you look here, if you look real close at these flowers, you can see that the pollen on the ends of them is kind of dried out. He's like, you're done. That means they can take the bees out of here. Because he's like, that means you're. So how does he how does he group up all the bees? Like, it's time to go, guys. Everybody get in the hive. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> so they do it at night because then you know that the oh, bees are back. They're in the back hives in the hive. Sure, they're like chickens. And so it's all done. It's whenever they move hives, it's always done at night. So it's not millennials because we're done at five. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to work <laughs> at <laughs> night. Kidding me? Beekeepers can't work that hard. Did you ever answer my question on the yield or the tonnage? Like, no, how I didn't. I was wondering. I, di- I didn't think you did. So obviously, you want consistent yields, and you do have people who say like, "Oh, if you have a big you- yield one year, you're going to have a light one the next year." If you're doing it right, you should have pretty consistent yields. And you, you measure by the yield? Yeah. Yeah. So do you, I, do you measure them by the nut sack? <laughs> by the sack. By the sack. <laughs> how, how do you measure it? It's by pounds. Pounds. So, so yeah. Including, pounds including the shell. Including the shell. No. So once once they're shipped off and they've holden shelled, they'll weigh them. Okay. So and you so find then, out after so they So you go. find out after. But that weight. So that's what every, that's the kind of the funny thing. That's what all the growers use as like, yeah, I got, everyone's bragging, you know, I got this many pounds to the acre this year. Wow. That's awesome. But they're using that figure of just after they've been holding shelled, they haven't been sorted. So then they'll go from the holer and sheller to whoever's marketing them. And they'll have to be, they'll have to look for foreign material. They have to look for ant damage because they've been on the ground and you get red ants. Their protein ants are coming and eating up nuts. So they'll see if there's ant damage. They'll see if there's, our biggest pest is navel orangeworm. They'll see if there's navel orangeworm damage. So any of that, any of that crop damage or things, that's not getting included in your holing and shelling price because that still hasn't been sorted yet. So you got to wait till you get your weights back from the processors. So when you go out with the shaker or the sweeper, you can't tell like, oh, this is a good crop or this is not a good crop. Oh, you can. So you can. Yeah, you can. uh, Mainly with the sweeping, the sweeping. And then when, uh, especially loading up. So the way that we kind of keep track of it is by the trucks that are getting sent off. Cause we know that like, okay, this many trailers usually typically holds. I think we usually do like, oh gosh, what is it? I think it's like 14,000 pounds or something like that. But you just look at the trailers. Hey, if we filled up two trailers, that's this much. So we, and we keep record of all the trucks that are sent off. And so once they've been swept up into a windrow, then there's an actual harvester that comes through and it's picking them up off the ground. And when it's picking them up, it kind of launches them across this space. And there's a big blower inside that blows the leaves and dust and everything (laughs) 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 that blows the leaves and dust and everything. So that hopefully it's just the nuts that are getting back there, but you're still going to get sticks and dirt clods and things. So when you're going to start cleaning them up, so you got like the sweeper dude there. And you're going to tell them where to start. Do you say, start with sweeping D's nuts up first? Do you, do you, do you, uh, start with these nuts. I don't know how you say it with such a straight face. Like I could tell there was a joke coming, but. Oh man, you couldn't, just, you wouldn't believe. Just be walking around the orchard like, look at these nuts. You wouldn't believe the nut jokes that come across the DMs. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Hold on. I'm going to write down a possible name for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so they sweep up, they load them up, they haul them off. At the end of the season, you said you water them a few more times. How about fertilizer? We'll put down chicken manure because we've got our chicken ranch. So you um, just spread you it. You have a chicken between. ranch? We have a chicken ranch. Oh, we haven't even gotten to the chickens. Yeah. yeah. Before we do that, we should remind everybody that this podcast is brought to you by Chicken Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome back to the Off the Husk podcast. <laughs> what, what was the question? 
fertilizer. Yeah, oh, fertilizer. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, fertilizer. So yeah, we'll um, after the after they've been harvested. That typically is when guys will be putting down the organic fertilizer. So they'll put down chicken manure or they'll put down dairy sludge or whatever manure or whatever you call it. And so uh, that's when they'll do that. But then we'll also take soil and tissue samples throughout the year. Ah, okay. Um, and we'll be like, hey, you know, they're kind of lacking on nitrogen. Let's give them a shot of nitrogen. And we can do that through the fertigation. We can do that through the through irrigation this, system. Sprinkler. So we can inject liquid nitrogen through there. We'll go through and, and you you want to keep your micronutrients up as well. So go through and see if anything's lacking there and add what we need to add. Yeah, Trevor was distracting me by asking I if I needed a beer yet or not. And I'm, I have a question. Trevor's got a question. You guys are near the ocean, right? Yes. So do you ever get crabs in your nuts? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not that close. So. <laughs> crabs don't go far. You know that. What, like they, they stay local. They stay in the, they stay, they stay in the forest. Yeah. They're very local crabs. Insecticide. I imagine you use them. Yeah. To kill the crabs. To kill the crabs. Right. You know how you, you, so do you, do you shave half of them? <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so you shave half of them Jesus. and then you light the other side on fire just leave Randy and, then hanging you stab them, and then you stab them with a fork as they run across. That's how, That's you how everybody's heard yeah. that. I don't even know that. But it's so funny to say. I, I it's like the head one to cheese thing. We knew where it was going. I had to finish it. <laughs>